ever comes from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Morning, everybody. It's great to see you all. Oh, thanks. Um, we're finishing, we're not finishing off our, our theme. We're continuing in our theme. We've been looking at Jesus Masterclass. Can any of you remember some of the things that we've been covering on the Jesus Masterclass? Forgiveness, forgiveness yes. Forgiveness. How many times? Forgiveness. 77 times 7. On and on and on. Anything else? Believing in people. Yes, even when it's unbelievable. Believing in people the way that Jesus does, knowing full well that they'll disappoint and still choosing to believe anyway. Anything else? Laying down your sword. Laying down your sword, yes. Defeating aggression with vulnerability. Put your sword away. This world is all about fighting and aggression. Put your sword away. Keeping short accounts, yes. Making sure that we go before God quickly, often, and also with each other. I think that's about it, isn't it? Oh, differences. How to? How to handle differences. Yes, absolutely. How to handle differences. Recognizing that we are diverse and how to handle the differences between us. It's been good so far. This morning, we're going to be looking at the whole theme of transparency. Um, and I've had first-hand experience of this. Um, a few years ago, I traveled with a friend to visit her sister in Panama. It was a bit of a mercy mission, and um, we'd gone to kind of encourage her and bolster her up and pray with her. And one afternoon, we were sat in the garden mulling over um, all that we'd been talking about and all that we'd been discussing. It had been about Jesus. And am I allowed to say this on the camera? I'm not sure, but I had to nip to the loo. I think we can say that, can't we? <laughs> anyway, that's what I had to do. So if I'd said anything else, I would have been lying. I had to excuse myself to nip to the loo. And, um, and I went through the patio doors and down the stairs. And while I was there, I remembered something so profound that I was so excited to run back and share with my other two friends. And, um, and do you know what? They were so excited to see me approaching. Um, they were kind of like jumping up and down and beckoning at me. And I thought, my goodness, God has been speaking to me in the loo. Obviously, he's been speaking to them as well. And so I gathered up pace and went running, 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 face first into the patio doors. What I hadn't realized was that the 15-year-old son had walked into the house behind me and closed the open patio doors. I'd like to say that that was the last time that had ever happened. <laughs> but one nearly broken nose later and uh, quite a bruising across my face. When we moved to the house that we're now in, I did it again. And to tell you a secret, as did quite a few of the members of my family... <laughs> We'd never had to navigate patio doors before, and suddenly we were all walking into them, including the two dogs that we had, running in from the garden, sliding on the map, face first into the closed patio doors. So we took measures. We took measures. We didn't remove the patio doors, but we put lovely transfers all over them, lovely stickers of sunflowers and all that kind of thing to obscure the effect of the light. Now, I did what all good biblical scholars do, not that I am one, is I went to Google, which seems to be a normal thing for looking for definitions. But transparency, according to Google, is the quality of allowing light to pass through so that objects behind can be clearly and noticeably seen, as I fully understood in both of my altercations with patio doors. 
There's something to be said for dirty fingerprints, actually. If you smear dog noses all over them and whatever, that works as good as a transfer. Anyway, transparency, it would appear, is all about being open and honest without secrets. Being totally out there. But I don't know if you've been keeping tabs on the headlines this week. The headlines that have dominated the TV this week. The story surrounding the TV presenter, Philip Schofield. And it's because of all that, that is exactly the reason why we fear transparency. Which one of us would want the depths of our hearts, thoughts and actions open for public consumption? Public judgment, public scrutiny. To me, it sounds like the greatest nightmare ever. And yet, is there blessing in transparency? I feel a bit sad for Philip Schofield, really, because his life is all out there. And none of it feels good to watch. Or healthy, or beneficial either to him or those involved and to those expectating. It just looks desperately sad. There are no winners. And that is because there is a huge difference between being transparent and being exposed. A huge difference. Exposure, according to Google, great place to go, is the state of having no protection from something harmful. We know that feeling, don't we, a little bit? It is the revelation against our will of something secret, especially something embarrassing or damaging. And that's what we've seen on display this week has not been the transparency and the light of God shining through. It's been the exposure of somebody for the world's eyes. Exposure is the de desperateness of having to keep things secret because of the fear of what will happen if we are exposed. And in our fear of exposure, we've run away from transparency. And where one is deeply damaging, the other amazingly brings life. It's remarkable, isn't it? We'll come to that in a minute. Now, Adam and Eve, if you go right back to the book of Genesis... They'd sinned against God. What is the first thing that they did when they sinned against God? They hid. Why did they hide? They were ashamed. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 3, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord walking in the cool of the garden. Now, I find that very interesting. Before that, they would have seen him walking in the garden. They would have walked with him. But at this point, after they'd sinned, the man and his woman heard, and his wife heard this complete distance already. Heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to man and said, where are you? And Adam answered God, I heard you walking in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. And so I hid. And you know what's really interesting is that the human race has been afraid and hiding ever since. We are an insecure people, and we've learned how to hide. And I hope you don't mind me sharing, but I've got a long list of ways that we hide. Do you mind if I share them? We make ourselves small, shrink back, hope nobody can see us. Or we make ourselves big, 
I, when I thought about that, I thought, you know those blowfishes? That when they come into contact with something that they're afraid of, they kind of go... Makes you laugh. I was a bit late with the slides. I couldn't have this all done by Thursday. So I would have put a slide up of a picture. Of a Did you just have to imagine it? Yeah. We make ourselves big. We become people pleasers. Or self-deprecating. Become critical of others. Or get overwhelmed quickly. All of these things designed to make us feel protected. We may boast or become needy, jealous or self-conscious. We get into comparing ourselves with others. If I don't have to, if I can look at them, I can hide myself. Defensive and negative, seekers of man's approval or praise, needing to keep up appearances because if people saw what I was really like. It's about the persona, what we project, the perfect Facebook life. We might hide behind our virtues or our good deeds, our good living or our success. Even down to what we wear, the hoodie over our heads or the fringe. See, young people do it, fringe over anything to cover us up. And that is because right at the very, very beginning, we learned how to hide afraid of exposure. And we fear that we'll find ourselves unprotected, so we do what we can to protect ourselves. So as they stood before God, wearing their feeble attempt of leaf coverings, to hide their shame. You know what is amazing about God is he doesn't rip away those leaves. They're completely inadequate. That's a waste of time. Let's see you as you really are. Let's expose you for everyone to see. He doesn't rip away their feeble attempts to expose themselves and he doesn't mock them. In verse 21, we see God himself, verse 21 of chapter 3, the Bible says, God himself made garments for them out of animal skin. Isn't that incredible? He didn't say you deserve. Yes, you deserve. Look what you've done. You've sinned against me. You deserve to be exposed. You deserve to have your life on the public screen for everyone to see. God made garments for them out of animal skin. He himself clothed them with garments that were thick and warm and protective. He covered their shame. And I want to tell you this morning that our God doesn't embarrass or humiliate or mock our efforts. He doesn't expose us for public scrutiny. He has made sure that we are covered. Psalm 91.4 says this, He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. What protection is that? Incredible. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. Anybody know what rampart means? A support, a defensive wall, a fortified wall. And what that means is that hiding under the shadow of his wings, I am completely protected. He's not going to expose me. Galatians 3, 26, 27 says, Oh, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. My life is now hidden in Christ. Warm and protected and completely hidden. That's what the Bible promises. 
So if transparency isn't all of those things, what is it? And why should we celebrate it? My first point is a very short one. It says, says transparency comes from a place of protection and not exposure. It's not about being exposed. And then going back to my initial um, definition, transparency is the quality of allowing light to pass through completely through my life. Now, it's an incredible thought, really, that whether I like it or not, God sees everything about me. So I'm not exposed, but God sees everything about me. You know, when he asked the Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, Adam, where are you? It's not because he didn't know where they were. It's not that he didn't know. It's not that he didn't know what took them there. It's not that he didn't know that they'd sinned against him. It's not any of those things. He knew exactly where they were. It's a bit like children that hide beside the curtains, you know, in a hide-and-seek game with their toes poking out. Or when they're very, very young and they put something over their face and they think that because you can't, they can't see you, you can't see them. It's a little bit like that with God. Is Megan doing that already? <laughs> you know, put a pillow over. It's nothing like that at God. God sees everything about us, but he chooses not to expose us. Sees everything. And I was, as I was preparing, I was reading Psalm 139, verses 1 to 4. And it, if you, you can read it in a very romantic way, but when you think of the first four verses... Listen carefully. He sees everything. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. Really? Everything? Try not to read it with a romantic head. Wow, God, you know everything about... Just read it. Wow, isn't that amazing that you know everything about me, is it? Really? The stuff that I thought yesterday and the stuff that I did... You know everything about me? Read on. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul. Wow. He sees it all. I like the next one. You understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. <laughs> Doesn't it make you feel a bit scared? Does me. I've never read it like this before. This was the first, I've read it, oh my goodness. You understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me. How about this one? Lord, you have read my heart like an open book. Wow. And this one. And you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. He knows everything and yet chooses to protect. He knows everything and decides to cover and not expose. Now, when I read that, I wanted to barricade all the doors, switch off my mouth so I couldn't even start a sentence, put my mind on empty, which isn't difficult. It's not very difficult for me to put my mind on empty. Close my heart book so I can't be read and live in a state of insecurity. What if... All those things that were going on inside me were open for everyone to see. Or I can allow the light of the Holy Spirit, the light of Jesus, to deal with the things that are going on in my heart. Psalm 28.8 says, For it is you, Lord, who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. 
You're all very quiet. Are you listening? Thank you for listening, by the way. The Lord lightens my darkness. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For the God who said, light, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God displayed in the face of Christ. So the question to myself is not whether Jesus is willing to shine his light into my darkness. I don't want the depths of my heart to be exposed. I don't want the stuff that is in there. Whether I'm allowed, allowing him to shine his light into the darkness of my life, whether I'm willing for him to show me what is there. Transparency is the quality of allowing light to pass through so that objects behind can be clearly and noticeably seen. The quality of allowing, the level at which I allow, the standard at which I allow the light to pass through my life. And as I was thinking about that, I realized that if the light of Jesus is through, shining through me, then it will be Jesus that illuminates the heart, and that will be seen to other people. So when we talk about transparency, it's not about getting all our dirty laundry and hanging it up everywhere. To see. None of us would come to church if that was the case, would we? Wouldn't see us for dust <laughs> if every morning we hung it all out for everyone to have a look at. Every thought, every deed, every angry response, every, every sin, everything. None of us would come. Transparency is not about any of those things. It's not about exposure. Transparency is allowing the light of Jesus to radiate into the depths and the darkness of my heart. And you know what? Where the light is, darkness can't stay. That's the truth of light. It can't stay. So whatever is in my heart that is not of God, everything in that is in my heart that I am afraid will be exposed, seen by all, if I allow the light of the Spirit of God to shine through, then I can be certain that what is then illuminated out of me for all to see is the light of Jesus. That's transparency. Allowing his light to shine in my darkness through me, making what is dark light through me so that when people look at me, what they see is Jesus. God doesn't want us to manage our insecurities. He doesn't want us to manage our hiding places. He doesn't want us to manage our sin or our, or our coping mechanisms. He doesn't want to manage exposure. That's what we've seen the whole of this week, people managing stuff for him, for Philip Schofield. We should pray for him. We should pray for him. It's not about managing those things. It's allowing God to deal with the depths of our hearts, the things that we have hidden away so that the light of Jesus will shine through, bringing lightness, and then from us through to everybody else. If Jesus is shining through me, then it will be Jesus that's illuminated for all to see. And if it isn't Jesus that's shining through me, if it's, some, if it's me, then that is what will be seen. That's what will be exposed. And it won't be Jesus exposing it, by the way. It just comes out. Have you noticed? I might be the only one in this room. <laughs> might be the only person in this room who has um, said foolish things. No? Who said I haven't? There may be a few people in this room that have told lies. 
You know that moment, don't you, when those words come out and you think, oh, God, I really wish I hadn't said that. You know that moment. Put your hands up if you've ever been in that situation. Come on, guys, be honest. Oh, when you, what? If you've never. If you have. Okay, put your hand up if you have. I wish Jesus would get my sentences sorted out for me. We've all been in there, haven't we? When you say something and you really, really, really wish you hadn't said it. And you think that person may be looking at you different now because you said something that really wasn't Jesus. Oh my goodness, if I had a million hands, I'd have them all raised this morning. I am one of these people that speaks first and thinks later. There are other people like that in here too. Anybody willing to own up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Or that time when you get angry about something and really it wasn't that woman's fault in the shopping with the shopping trolley ahead of you. And that thought that actually I'm in such a hurry, what I really want to do is just like give you a slight nudge with the shopping trolley. I'm just being honest. And the moment I think it, I think, well, that's not Jesus. Or when I thought, you know, the best thing to do in this particular circumstance is to be slightly economical with the truth. You know that moment, don't you? We wouldn't call it deceit because we're Christians. We don't call it a lie, Howard, because we're Christians. Exposed. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I think he did that for himself. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. The moment we do it, the moment we think it, the moment we say it, all of those things, that thought that comes into your head and thinks, that wasn't Jesus. That didn't, that wasn't the light of Jesus shining through me, through the darkness of my heart, eradicating those things, making my darkness light, and me displaying the glory of God. It wasn't those things at all. What that person saw, what that situation saw was me, the real me, shining through. And I want to tell you something, that the real me without Jesus is not a pretty sight. It's not a pretty sight. Deeply insecure. I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you are deeply insecure? We all are. We all are. In one way or another, deeply insecure. And if you're not this morning, that's not because you've found security. It's because you've found Jesus. Isn't it? If you've worked out where your security is and your hope is, it's not because you've worked out all these ways of protecting yourself. It's because you found Jesus. It's Jesus who makes us secure. Forgotten where I was going, but it doesn't really matter. If the light of Jesus is shining through me, then it will be, my, it will be Jesus that is illuminated in my heart and out through other people. And the more Jesus is illuminated in me, the less I have to fear that something will pop out of my mouth that will make people see that there are elements of me, elements of me that isn't like Jesus at all. Luke 6:45 in the Passion Translation says, "People are known in the same way, out of the virtue stored in their hearts, good and upright people will produce good fruit." That's what I want to be like. Likewise, out of the evil hidden in their hearts, evil ones will produce what is evil. For the overflow was what of what? I'll start again. For the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit and will be heard in your words. 
Hallelujah, everybody. <laughs> Transparency is the quality of allowing, the extent by which I allow the light of Jesus to shine in my darkness first. How can I show the light of Jesus if I don't allow him to transform me first from the inside out? For out of the overflow of what is in the heart is what I will speak. We are afraid of exposure. And we've all felt it at some point or another. That moment when you feel insecure and unprotected. But Jesus isn't about that. He's about transparency, allowing his light to shine into my heart. And then that light to shine out to other people. Whatever is in my heart will eventually be seen. If darkness lurks there, eventually it will find its way to express itself. And I have many stories of that happening, which I'm not going to share with you this morning. Many times when I have said something or done something which has exposed the darkness in me. But the light of Jesus shines. If the light of Jesus shines, then, then it is Jesus who will find ways to express himself through me. And you know, when we do that, when we allow Jesus room in our lives, when we allow him to deal with the things that we, we don't even want to name, we want to keep them stored away, we won't be afraid of being exposed. We won't be afraid to admit weakness. We won't have things that need hiding away, and we won't have to pretend. Being tr transparent before God, Jesus will be seen in me. As I was thinking about that, that's easy to see from my relationship with God. But what about my relationship with you? What does transparency mean in my relationship with you? What does it mean to live transparent lives with each other? James 5.16 says, if you, you should confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. How does that make you feel? Vulnerable. vulnerable. Makes you feel Vulnerable. I don't believe that what the, the Bible is talking about here is that we hang everything out for everyone to see because it's like we've seen with, with what's gone on this week. It's not beneficial. Transparency is not hanging out all our dirty washing. Transparency is allowing, seeking faithful and trusted people who can help us deal with whatever it is that we need to deal with. That's transparency. Faithful and trusted people. It does not mean we carelessly talk about stuff to everyone. That also means that when somebody comes to me with something that they are wanting to be transparent about, I need to be really, really, really careful that I don't find myself in a situation where I am exposing what they have shared with me for other people's consumption. In the same way as Jesus has allowed his light to shine in me, I need to help somebody else Receive the light of Jesus in their life, but make sure that I protect, make sure that I strengthen and not carelessly talk about the stuff that somebody has given to me to help them with. That's called, if I do, it's called exposure. It's exposing people. And remember, in the same way that God has dealt with me in kindness is the same way that we reveal Jesus to other people in 
kindness. So transparency is not blaring everything out. But if there are things that you are struggling with, there are faithful and trusted people that you can share with. And know that you won't be exposed. They will help you to shine the light of Jesus into that situation. I'm going to finish just by reading the last verses of Psalm 139. O Lord, you have examined my heart. And you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. Your hand, you place your hand of blessing on my head. That's incredible, isn't it? Knowing all he knows, seeing all he sees, hearing all he hears, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell on the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me. And at times, perhaps I have asked the darkness to hide me and that the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born, and every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out. And you chose to protect. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up from all of it, you are still with me. Say that line again. When I wake up, you are still with me. What we've seen this week is people leaving, isn't it? With that situation in the TV headlines. People deserting and 
Father, I pray for that man. When I wake up, you are still with me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting righteousness. Let's pray that. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Father, we don't want to manage the stuff that's there. We want the light of Jesus to illuminate those dark places so that we don't feel insecure afraid that those things will be exposed. So search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Those insecurities, Father, that make us feel unprotected and uncertain. Holy Spirit, I pray that you point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. Amen.